This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. This is your host, Meryl Vandermova, and today in episode 157, we're going to be talking about technology and handicrafts, an unlikely pair. I have a guest with me again today, and today's guest is Amber O'Neill Johnston from HeritageMom.com. Welcome, Amber. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So uh, Amber is, again, a homeschooler that I follow on Instagram. On Instagram, she's at Heritage Mom Blog. I will have the link to her website, to her Instagram account, um, and to anything else that she mentions that you will need to look up in the show notes, which you can find at homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. So Amber made a post as I was scrolling through Instagram, yet another post that caught my eye, and I thought that you, my listeners, would enjoy hearing from her because of what she posted about. But before we get into that in detail, I'd like Amber just to tell us a little bit about herself and uh, her children and uh, her website. Okay, great. Thank you. So um, again, my name is Amber and um, I grew up in the Midwest in Illinois, outside of Chicago. I moved to eventually made my way to Georgia where I met my husband. We live here outside of Atlanta and we have four little ones. And uh, by the end of next month, we're in birthday season right now. They will be 12, 10, 8, and 6. The older two are girls and the younger ones are boys. And we have homeschooled from the beginning. And I was a stay-at-home mom before that. And um, yeah, that's kind of, I, I spend time speaking, writing, um, I write articles, blogs, and things like that, and speak at different conferences, usually related to relational um, homeschooling and home education, and also about adding um, inclusive resources and diversity into our homes. Thank you. And I would encourage that you follow um, Amber because I have learned a lot from her posts. So I think you will enjoy her. So Amber, when you started homeschooling, what was your initial view of technology? Well, initially I just felt very, um, most of my thoughts were very negative because I had really bought into what I heard so much in the media, which is electronics um, were really bad for children and American children and children everywhere are addicted to them and they can't put them down. It's changing the way that they're thinking and stunting their imagination and creativity and all these things I didn't want for my children. And so essentially we were entirely analog. So um, we owned a television, but it wasn't set up. So for us to watch something on there, we would have to pull it out of the closet and plug it in, um, in a room somewhere. And uh, we read books and we didn't even, we didn't use even Kindles. We didn't use eBooks or audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Um, we just would read, I would read aloud to the children all the time and we didn't use videos or anything like that. So I used the laptop to do research and set things up, of course, for homeschool, but the children had basically no exposure at all to anything on any type of electronic device. So what made you change? 
Well, there were a couple of things. The first thing was my husband. So he pretty much, he is my biggest supporter. Um, but he, he really is kind of like the principal. He stays, but he stays out of the classroom. And so he kind of just leaves the homeschooling decisions to me and we'll talk about it. And he's, you know, always like, you know, whatever you think, I, I agree with that. I think this sounds good. You're doing a great job. I really appreciate it. But one day he came to me and he said, Hey, I'm really concerned that, our kids have no exposure whatsoever to technology. And so I explained to him why my thoughts, you know, what my thoughts were, how it was all bad. And I didn't want us to ruin our children. And he said, you know, I'm a little bit afraid that you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And it sounds like you have some valid concerns. He said, but isn't that what parenting is for? Like, couldn't we set some parameters and allow um, a healthy use of, of, devices and technology and ways that can help them. And he said, he, he said, you guys are reading little house in the prairie, but we don't have to live that way. Was his, those were his exact <laughs> words. And so I kind of, I thought that was funny. Um, but, um, that was the kind of, he planted the seed and it really stuck with me because he never brings anything up. He's always so happy and satisfied with all the decisions that I was making with their education. So the fact that he felt strongly enough to say something, it really caught my attention. And then around that same time, there was a mom at church that I had kind of been keeping my eye on. I didn't know her that well, but I was always watching her. Now she knows that I was watching her, but I just loved the way she mothered. And I loved the things I saw from her children. Sometimes after church, we would have little booths set up out in the lobby where different people would be selling things to raise money for missionary trips and other things. And I would see her daughter with her um, watercolor artwork that she had done and made greeting cards with. And, um, I would see her son working at the bake sale, little treats that he had made and the way that her older kids treated my younger children and just so kind and always very interested in them. And I remember I started kind of getting to know her and I told her, my kids are younger than yours. I'd love to learn from you. And so she was spending time with me kind of investing in that relationship. And one day she warned me about demonizing technology. And she said, technology used well as a gift. She said, my children use it all the time. And I was shocked. I was totally shocked because I was like, here, this was completely bursting all of the stereotype bubbles I had. She's telling me that her kids are using it a lot and I'm admiring her children and her family. So that, that combined with what my husband had said really started me on a path of becoming more thoughtful about my decisions instead of just outright banning anything. So how do you currently use taking your homeschool? Well, I, we use it for so many different things. One, we use it to listen to music. So as mm -hmm. we study music, we learn about different composers and jazz artists and folk songs mm -hmm. and hymns. Um, we will very easily ask Alexa, you know, to <laughs> play something for us. And I like to show children, my children, different people singing the same song, different versions of the song. Mm, and we'll watch them great. singing on YouTube. We especially do this um, with hymns because I like to show them that people all over the world are singing the same words of praise and worship, but we all have different ways that we sing. And like, we can 
show appreciation for everyone's style of music, even if it's not the preferred style that we listen to. So we use it for music. We watch documentaries um, on there. Just last night, we were watching uh, one episode of a four-part series called High on the Hog on Netflix. And it's about tracing the origins of food in America to its African and African-American roots. And that was fascinating it was absolutely fascinating oh, i've seen um, that i actually it's it's on my list of things to watch oh um, it's so good you you must i mean it brought tears to my eyes and i and i've already seen this i pre-watched i previewed all four right. episodes my husband and i because i wasn't sure it's not a show meant for children right. so i wanted to watch it first and um so i already knew what he was going to say and do and it still brought tears to my eyes so it's just really really good television um, so that's one, one way in other documentaries, a lot of history things, um, things about food and where our food comes from, um, nature documentaries and movies, um, online performances. We've watched several operas and we've had the opportunity to see a couple in person here, but we've watched operas that have been referenced in books that we've read. Um, we've watched famous ballet, um, performances online, um, we've watched uh, theatrical performances. We've watched poetry competitions and poets. Some of our favorite poets who are still living deliver mm -hmm. their poetry or spoken word online. So those have been things we pull up works of art. Um, some yes. of them we have copies of and reproductions of, but sometimes we want to compare and contrast with some other work of that mm -hmm. time period that we may not have hard copies of. And we've been able to pull up work or, or sometimes our hard copies aren't that good. And there are websites online where it allows you to zoom in on certain areas of a beautiful picture and really focus on what it is almost like you were there in the museum. And so we've used it. Um, for that. And my daughter, one of my daughters is taking an animation course online this term. And she's also taking a theater class with an actress that she would never be able to be mm -hmm. in touch with uh, if it weren't for that technology. So um, we've used it for so many different, um, so many, in so many different ways we travel, we are world schoolers. And so for times we are away from home for months at a time, and we wouldn't be able to do nearly as many things if we didn't have our Kindles with a mini library there that we carry lightweight in our bags with us. Um, I could go on and on, but we have found incredible ways to integrate technology. And I, I could never see going back. Right. Uh, we, we traveled a lot too. And, you know, it was useful having tech though. And because for me, it was a while ago now. And so there wasn't nearly as much available as you have now. Okay. Now let's get to the title. Um, this episode is about tech and handicrafts. Now, how do these two relate? Typically, we do not think of these two together. How did they come together in your homeschool? I know. Isn't that funny? It's like, how could two things be further apart, right? Um, so handicrafts are an important part of the philosophy that we use for homeschooling. And we follow Charlotte Mason philosophy, but even if we didn't, um, we would still be deep into handicrafts. It's part of what brings life to our lessons and kind of the life skills. I want my children to know how to use their hands, to make things, to build things, to create, and they all love it. They've been doing it since the very beginning. Um, and what was happening, I know how to do a few things, right? Uh, 
And I taught them how to sew and how to crochet and cross stitch. And we had been doing those things, a lot of needlework. But then the kids were getting older and wanted to explore other handicrafts. And I was the limiting factor. Um, when you're homeschooling, I mean, if I don't know how to do it, then how can I show you how to do it uh, unless I'm going to go off and learn? And so that's what I would do. I would go and sit up in my bed at night and I would watch videos and I would try to reach out to people and take a little course here or there in the community at our community arts center or somewhere. And then I would come back and teach my children. And then they started wanting, they had more free time than me, right? And they wanted to learn and progress and grow at a faster rate. And again, here I am being this limiting factor. And I decided to cut myself out as the middle person and connect them to the people and things that I was using to learn these handicrafts. And it took off from there. It's been incredible. Right. And I think at that point, that was where I saw your Instagram post where your daughter had used some YouTube uh, um, tutorials to create something. Yeah. So she got really involved or she is really involved in something called BJD dolls. She's a doll collector and a doll maker and they're BJD ball jointed dolls. And so she was uh, creating um, a, a basically a mold that she can use to recreate, um, replicate this doll that she's creating. And she learned how to do that totally on her own. She started with instructional videos on YouTube. And then through one of those instructors, she saw that they were offering a course. They used the teachable platform and these teachable courses, they're like self-paced video-based courses, and they have attachments and PDFs and instructions and just really robust. And so she asked me what I pay for that for her. And we talked about it a little bit. I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to pay for this. And I'm so glad that I did because she went through that entire course. And that's what set her up to be able to start making the dolls that she has so admired and wanted to collect. So um, my other daughter is really, um, she's into a different, different types of art, but mixed media. She right now is working on a art show entry under the category of recyclable arts. So she's using like decoupage and wood and tissue and wire and plastic. And she's, she's making something pretty incredible and she gets a lot of ideas from craftsy. Um, and we have a membership for that website. So the kids can go on at any time and pull up baking classes, um, any type of fiber arts, painting of all sorts and drawing and they have completely free access. These are commercial free, you know, website that I'm paying a small amount for. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just changed everything for us. It's amazing. So, um, so what are some of the handicrafts that you've incorporated into your lessons? Oh goodness. So I talked about some of those needle, the uh, mm -hmm. handicrafts using a needle, but we've also done, um, as my boys started getting older, um, they do. So I know they're only six and eight, both boys can use the sewing machine and they, um, know how a little bit, how to, um, crochet, they can finger crochet. They can, the older one can crochet a little bit and they can do cross stitch, um, with a big stitch. Uh, but they are also wanting to do other things. And that older boy, the eight-year-old, he's like, mama, please. And so we've learned whittling there. So give a boy a knife and you'll be surprised at what they can come up with. And um, the younger one uses soap. He whittles the, or he, he carves soap with a vegetable peeler. 
while the older brother whittles with actual wood and a knife. Um, We've learned leather stamping online and kind of using the um, different cuts of leather and how uh, learning about softer versus harder and where we get it from. And that's another thing we've done online sourcing materials. Like we used to only buy things at the local craft store, but that's limiting. So -hmm. we've been able to save a lot of money by sourcing things internationally, different supplies that we need for things. And also um, just being able to have access to supplies and resources that we can't find in the actual store. But we've also done clay modeling, wood burning, pyrography. Um, Let's see, we've already purchased materials. Some of our upcoming ones, we'll be doing macrame next and then basket weaving. And I have no idea how to do any of those things, but I'm so much more confident now because I know that we can learn together using the technology. And then what usually happens is I sit with my kids as we learn the basics together and then they take off. I go to wash dishes or cook dinner or something and they keep going. And in a lot of these areas, my kids are past me in terms of how, what they are able to create. And it's because of their um, use of technology to take them to the next level. Right. I think this is in general in homeschooling. And, you know, I mean, I coach a science Olympiad team, very different to handicrafts, but the problem is the same. If the kids were limited by me and my other three coaches, um, it's, you know, and even just by what we could maybe find in the local libraries or what we could afford to buy, it would limit us. But because they can go online, you know, and find whatever they need to study, we just have to help point them in the right direction. And it's the same thing. They can surpass us and learn things that we don't actually know. And so coaching doesn't mean that we need to know all the things. It just means we need to know where to find things and to help the kids learn where to find them for themselves. Yeah, that's so true. And I think once I embraced that idea and also um, once I stopped making decisions based on fear and making inside feeling like empowered to say that I can set up an environment that will keep the children as safe as I possibly can. Nothing is perfect, but Mm -hmm. you know, we have controls on our devices and our children are educated and will come to us if there's something that they encounter that they're not sure about. Um, but we also have invested in it. We have a YouTube premium membership, so we don't have ads on Mm -hmm. our, I mean, we don't, we don't have ads. We're able to download videos and and other things. And that has been well worth it. I mean, I, I would pay, don't tell YouTube, but I'd pay a lot more than I am for that. (laughs) And, um, we have the, our other devices are the websites are whitelisted. So instead of trying to block out all these things that, oh, I don't want my kids to to be, you know, doing this or that, we whitelist websites. And so we know what we do want them to interact with and what they are able to use. And that, that way they have freedom and I don't have to be sitting right next to them the whole time. So the girls love to peruse Etsy and surprisingly they've found, um, relationships there where they are reaching out and messaging people. It used to embarrass me. I'm like, honey, I don't think you should bother these store owners with these <laughs> questions. And, and I mean, they don't want to tell you how to make something because they're, they're, they're selling it. They're getting paid to make it. But I haven't found that to be the case they, the girls will reach out and say, hi, I was wondering, can you tell me, you know, how you got started making such and such. And the people are always delighted to share with them. So they've learned a lot by connecting directly with creators online. That's great. I've never thought of messaging Etsy creators, but I know. I know. This has been a delightful conversation. It's just been very different. Um, And I think I think it's really interesting because you guys aren't 
techy in what people see as a traditional way. And I think it's just really made it so obvious how everybody needs to actually understand technology and how tech is meant to be there to improve our lifestyle. And used correctly, it can be that. And it can, uh, it can enhance what you're doing instead of taking away. Absolutely. I think that's well, a great message. <laughs> Amber, thank you so much for spending this time talking to us. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, I'm sure our listeners have too. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. And listeners, I remind you again to come and join with us in our Facebook group, the Homeschooling with Technology um, community, and uh, give us a liking and a review, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast player, tell your friends about this if you think this episode would be helpful to them. And I will see you again, same time, same place next week. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.